8.38 is the time from the MacGyver Institute. Not that MacGyver, different MacGyver. Uh, Chris Rochester joining us this morning. Uh, Chris, good morning. Thanks for being on with me this morning. First of all, what is the uh, MacGyver Institute? Uh, well, um, we're a free market think tank based in Madison. Uh, if you look at our uh, latest post on our website, uh, you might actually think we are the, the other MacGyver uh, because we do uh, a lot of tricks with, uh, with the state budget to analyze the state budget and to figure out what's in it. Well, I didn't see any paper clips. That's why I was pretty sure it wasn't the same one. Well, uh, duct tape, uh, chewing gum, and swivel sticks. Oh, that's that's what works for uh, putting things together. <laughs> so I, I see you've got a, an 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 analyst uh, analysis of the uh, of the state budget. And uh, first of all, why is why is the budget taking so long to to make it through? And why is there so many vetoes? And why why isn't the budget? You know, why wasn't it presented? Or why wasn't it passed when it was presented? Well, that's, that's kind of why I say the, uh, the duct tape and the swizzle sticks. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's a good budget. It's a bad budget uh, in certain ways. Uh, it, there's some missed opportunities, but there are some good things. Um, you asked why, why the holdup. Uh, two, about two and a half months late, and the reason for that was uh, an impasse over transportation bonding levels. Um, but as we kind of suspected all along, uh, despite the, um, despite all of the negotiations over the summer, uh, we pretty much ended up back where the governor started off with. Uh, he, he initially proposed five hundred million dollars in, in bonding for roads, uh, and he stood the line on no gas tax increase, and that's what we ended up with. Except the bonding number was four hundred instead of five hundred million dollars. Oh, what's you know what's a million here or there, right? It's a roading error, right? <laughs> So, when when is everything going to? Because didn't it, it got signed last week, correct? It was signed last week, and it is now uh, published and uh, the official law of the land. All right. So it says here ninety nine uh, vetoes. So what, what things were vetoed in the uh, in the budget? Well, kind of the uh, ninety nine uh, uh, bottles of beer in the wall uh, in the spirit of Oktoberfest comes to mind. Um, there were a number of good vetoes. Um, uh, one of the big things that really uh, had people concerned that was snuck in at the last minute was uh, uh, eminent domain authority for an uh, uh, entity that many lawmakers didn't even know about called the Public Finance Authority. Uh, they are kind of a bonding house of last resort that's sort of a government entity but sort of not. Um, so to give them... Uh, which is an organization that has made questionable loans outside of, outside of the state of Wisconsin, um, and, and the MacGyver Institute will be following up on what we found out on what they're up to. Um, giving them eminent domain authority didn't sit well with, with some legislators, especially some senators or the governor, so he vetoed that out. And then there was also the ability for the Transportation Projects Commission, which is part of the DOT, to add staff and kind of become a new bureaucracy within the state government. Um, if your goal is to shrink government and, and reduce the size of government as it is with MacGyver Institute and other conservatives, adding a state bureaucracy was not a good thing. The government, uh, the governor vetoed that out as well. Um, and there were some other things, but those are the, those are the, the big vetoes. Uh, I would also add that prevailing wage was repealed in this budget, but initially... Um, 
it was delayed by a year. The governor also used used his partial veto to get rid of the, the language delaying the repeal of prevailing wage by a year. So it will actually is now immediately effective. So what does that mean to me? Well, uh, what it means to you is that uh, the taxpayers uh, with prevailing wage uh, are likely to see enormous savings because the government won't come in and set rates so that if you're a construction worker working on a state project, you make uh, a higher wage level than if you're working on some other project. So uh, state highway projects and, and uh, building projects uh, are going to come in considerably cheaper than what they have been. Uh, a study in 2014, I believe it was, by the Wisconsin Taxpayer Alliance found Wisconsin could have saved $300 million in vertical construction projects alone. Uh, that's building building upwards, not just road pro not 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 including road projects without the prevailing wage. So that means that taxpayers are going to in the future save uh, enormous amounts of money on building projects. Yeah, but Chris, how can that be a good thing? I mean, if I think I'd want to have the best people out there that are making a pretty decent wage doing the stuff that I'm going to be using every day, like the road or a bridge or a, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going yeah, I'm, I'm to be on that. I'm going to be driving on that bridge every day. I don't want some part-time minimum wage guy that hates his job out there pouring the cement for that because he doesn't care anymore. You know. Right. That's the argument we've heard from uh, uh, the other side of the aisle all the time is that you're going to all of a sudden have fly-by-night uh, operators coming in uh, doing it on the cheap. You're still going to have the same bidding process, you're still going to have the same protections, um, you're still going to have all the same companies who have done the, pro the, the work before, um, but you're also going to have uh, other companies that can come in and compete. So you're actually going to have a better process because 80% uh, of the market, uh, the construction workers in the market are non-union shops. So by having more competition, you're going to give the, the uh, uh, folks who decide on the final uh, contractor more opportunity to choose, and I think you're going to actually get a better product. You honestly you believe that, or you just think that you just say that because that's what you you're told to say? <laughs> no, no, I, I I honestly believe that that's the free market at work. Uh, not not uh, having the government calling the shots on uh, what someone should be paid. I think is, is always a good thing, and if we can save money at the same time, and we still get a good quality bridge or road or building, I think, uh, how, how can you lose? But, you know, we want good good quality with longevity. I look at uh, family land is down in Crawford County, you know, and we've got a road that was replaced, I don't know, five or six years ago, and there's already potholes in that road that are, you know, this big around, where if I'm not paying attention on the drive back, I, uh, you know, I'll end up throwing, out the, uh, throwing something out of my car. I, I hear you. I've uh, I've been to the uh, down by the uh, Europa area uh, many times. My family's got land down there. Um, there's without a doubt there's some some, some transportation issues in the state. Um, that that's obviously been the big holdup in this budget. Um, the state spends six billion dollars over the next two years, and uh, so one of the big questions has been whether or not to raise the gas tax to fund some of these local uh, transportation projects. And I think what this budget does, while it doesn't uh, 
according to the Speaker of the Assembly, Robin Voss, it doesn't create a uh, permanent solution to what they're calling a $1 billion transportation deficit. Uh, there is time now for things like prevailing wage repeal and a package of DOT reforms that has yet to pass the legislature. And uh, Secretary Dave Ross of the DOT, who's already saving money by implementing reforms, um, we're going to see where that goes over the next couple of years. And we're going to see if uh, we actually do need to put more revenue into transportation to do things like fix those local roads. Lacrosse Street comes to mind. That's been a, a nightmare ever since I was a commuter student going to UW Lacrosse. Uh, we're going to see if we need more money in a couple of years. And uh, ultimately, the gas tax is a user fee. And if the reforms don't quite bridge that gap that uh, uh, we need to fix the local roads and get everything uh, on a good maintenance schedule, then we can talk about that in the next budget cycle. But we've got to give Dave Ross time to implement those reforms and see if that money is really needed. Chris Rochester joining us this morning from the MacGyver Institute. So is, is uh, the MacGyver Institute basically a cheerleading group for Governor Walker? We are not. We have... Uh, some serious concerns about this budget. Um, one of the things we've been highlighting is that we think this budget spends too much money. And if you look at our analysis on the website, you see consistently that uh, every fiscal year we're spending more money, and that's a concern to people who want to shrink the size of government. Uh, this budget does increase K-12 spending by $639 million, which is actually $10 million less than what Walker uh, had proposed uh, initially. That's $11.2 billion. But, Chris, uh, don't you think that money should be used for our, our K-12 students? I mean, it, ed, cost of education is going up because the cost of everything is going up. Well, um, we don't deny that uh, we want the best education. But um, to uh, increase K-12 ed without uh, an attempt to drive reform is, uh, we, we call it a missed opportunity. I went to Holman High School. I, I, I think I had a great education, but not every kid in the state has that can say that. Uh, there's actually, there are 52,000 kids in Wisconsin who attend a failing school. And um, to increase K-12 funding without uh, particular uh, opportunities to change that situation was, uh, was disappointing. Do you think we need to have the continue with the voucher program? Uh, well, uh, another thing about the governor's original proposal was he didn't make any changes. Um, we the uh, final budget does increase access to the voucher statewide school choice program to people making two hundred and twenty percent of the federal poverty level. Uh, which, if you look at it, that's not. The large, you're not filthy rich if you make that kind of money. What, what, uh, what kind of what is what is just, what is the poverty level? Poverty level. Uh, the federal poverty level, uh, if you look at it for a family of four, is, uh, at that level, two hundred twenty percent is about fifty four thousand uh dollars. -huh. So it's it's, it's uh, around the median household income in the state of Wisconsin, but. Um, it's not filthy rich, and I don't think, uh, you know, we believe in MacGyver, you shouldn't have to be filthy rich uh, or upper middle class to be able to decide where you want to send your kid to school. 
it should be something that's available to every person who pays taxes. So does that so does a poverty level mean that anything less than if I do, if I just do the quick math without thinking about twenty five thousand dollars is is poverty? I believe it's uh, individual uh, eighteen thousand dollars a year. But for a family of four, you, for a family of four, you said fifty four thousand dollars, whatever. And I'm thinking two hundred twenty. If I divide that by half, and then whatever percent, you know, so close to twenty five thousand though for a family of four. Um. Something like that, yeah. God, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's the poverty level. I, mean, I don't know how you can get by on that, and uh, it's uh, it, it certainly makes society. You know, if you want to make the choice to send your kid to some other school besides a public school without any help from the taxpayer, you're already paying taxes, and um, it makes it difficult. And that's why we are glad that this budget finally uh, increases the statewide limits to twenty. But if you're in Racine or Milwaukee, that level is 300% of the poverty level. So if you're uh, a parent down there, you have more access to uh, to choice for your kid's education. Hmm. Chris, where do we find out more information about the MacGyver Institute? We are all over the place on social media. Uh, MacGyver Institute on Facebook, at MacGyver with M-A-C-I-V-E-R on Twitter, and, of course, uh, MacGyverInstitute.com. Very good. Chris Rochester, my guest on today's Talk 1490. Oh, uh, real quick, you're from the area. What's your favorite thing about lacrosse? Well, it's really hard to narrow. That's the, that's the toughest question you could have possibly ask me. I, I'm a boater and a river lover, so probably the Mississippi is a, in a black river. Very good. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, maybe you'll see you down at Fest uh, for the weekend. It's 852. Thanks for listening to BS with Bob on today's Talk 1490.